Hey guys, welcome back to the Millennial Money Honey podcast. Today's episode is an awesome conversation I had with my friend Connie Conpoint over on Instagram. And we are talking all about love and money. We're spilling the tea on dating, prenups, and finances when you have a partner or lack of for me. So stay tuned to the episode. Be sure to subscribe and let's talk money, honey. You look so cute. Oh my gosh, stop it. I like never put on makeup. You know, you saw me. Okay, we had like a pre-meeting before this, like on Sunday. I look haggard. (laughs) (laughs) So we pulled up the Zoom and Katie had a cup of coffee and like her glasses. And she legit, she looked beautiful, but she definitely looked like she just woke up. I, because I do. I low-key sleep until like 10 a.m. I'm like almost 29 years old, but you know, whatever. So yeah. I don't have babies. You know what? This is why I'm single. Just living my this life. Is why I'm single. <laughs> Blessings. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. So should we just Welcome, everyone. Do this. Do this thing. I brought water like a responsible 28-year-old because oh I got too oh little glowy. Who else has wine? I hope somebody else is drinking wine with me. I know. I wish we could see what everyone was drinking. Comment what you're drinking right now. Yeah, Those yeah, yeah. Like wine, beer, or liquor people. No, what? Okay, I have my water too. I'm also responsible. <laughs> <laughs> We're living in a different age. Early 20s is very different from late 20s. Dude, yeah, I know. Like, who can else relate? Those hangovers? I, like, never got hangovers. <laughs> and now yeah. Um, cool. Okay, so we're talking about love, dating, money, you guys. And I guess let's just go right into it. Like, do you want to give them a a background on your like dating history? Yeah, I think what will be interesting, let's tell them about our dating history and then incorporate like when you got into finances too. Okay, cool. That'd be interesting. You want to go first? You go first. Okay, fine. I'll go first. Um, dating history. So I haven't really dated much in my adult life I had a serious boyfriend like all through college long distance high school sweetheart did the whole four years we broke up I thought I was gonna marry him of course like (laughs) growing up in Texas um that didn't happen but uh yeah and then just living in LA hanging out with my friends all my friends have been single throughout our early 20s I've been on all of the apps like Hinge, Bumble, League, OkCupid, um, just all of them. And I have been single for six years. So. <laughs> and, I, and I say single, like I've had like three months type, type deals, but um, yeah, haven't met anybody serious. So that is how I started learning about personal finance. Cause I of course thought, oh, I'll just get married and my husband will like manage our finances, you know, just like my dad did for my mom, my grandpa did for my grandma. And here I am almost 29 and you know, career, I have a career, I have money. So it's like, no man is gonna come take care of me. I have to figure this out myself. So that is why um, I started figuring out my personal finances in 2017. And here we are today. Nice. I mean, that's a pretty good reason to like, it's time to get my shit together. I mean, you win either way. Right. Totally. So yeah, you go girl. Um, so I'm Connie, for those of you that are here for Katie, and I'm just kind of here. Um, so I guess I'll go back to high school. Um, I had like a high school sweetheart. I grew up in rural Kansas. So it was like everyone knew everyone. And there was like a very small dating oh, pool. Um, but we dated with a deadline. I was like super in 
we call it puppy love, but I think it was like real love at the time. It's about, it's about the capacity of love you can feel at 18. Um, so we broke up. We both went separately to college. Um, and then in college, I dated someone for like a year and a half. I think this is the first person in my life that I started thinking a bit more long-term, which when you're 19 long-term is like what, a year or two, but someone that, you know, you're starting to like get older, you're thinking about who you're going to be with. Um, that actually didn't work out. We broke up sophomore year. And then I was basically single for like from then until I was 25. I'm 28 now. Um, and I went through kind of a weird time where it was like, I knew I wanted to be single to just like have fun in college, meet different people, date around stuff. Nice. Um, it was like tough, right? Because then I think some people go into their early 20s and they're like, shit, I'm like done with this. I'm tired of going to the bar, tired of talking to this dude, yeah. get out of my DMs. So I think there was a time where I was very, I really wanted a serious relationship. I don't think I knew it yet. So there was a lot of the putting yourself out there on dating apps. Like I empathize with anyone who does modern dating today and knows what it's like to go through apps to meet people. It's super demoralizing, it's very like risky, but when you have like a good date, it's so fun, right? I'm sure you've had some of like super awesome people that you've met, right? I mean, or I'm still single, so. <laughs> um, okay, to finish out. Um, so I was like single for maybe like six years. I had moved to Austin and I just got to the point where I started feeling okay being on my own, right? You know, you kind of do that self-reflection, like growing into your own skin. And then as soon as I moved to Austin, I actually got into a relationship. Um, so we've been dating for three years. Before, I think it's important to give context that I was super anti-monogamy. I was like, that shit is a scam. That's like capitalism. <laughs> I'm like, people say they do that, but yeah. just from being like on the other side and seeing it, I think I lost a lot of faith in loyalty, mm -hmm. in people, just like being long-term with each other, which I think whatever your style is, flings, long-term relationships, like you do you. It was just very disappointing to see that people who wanted something serious couldn't find the other people that wanted to be serious. Yeah. So yeah, that's the quickest thing. Um, Katie, I want to know from you. So you mentioned before that, and I can tell just from like you as a person, you are selective. People go on dates with you and they have fun with you. You aren't necessarily interested in them. So what would you say is the hardest thing about dating? The hardest now. thing about dating is just my, I mean, I know it's a personal problem, my unrealistic expectation of a first date from an app. You know, I'm like so optimistic, but then I'm like too optimistic. So where it's like, oh, I'm gonna like be in love with this person. Like he seems so awesome. He checks out the boxes. Like he went to a good school. He's like an engineer. He does this, this, and this. And then I'm like, obviously always like disappointed. And so I'm like, yeah. eh. So yeah, that's the hardest thing. It's just my own, I, like I am my own worst problem. I know it. So yeah. Yeah. It's a work of it's tough now because you can do so much research on people, right? Like before it was just you show up and you kind of figure out who they are. Do you think about when people research you? Like, do you think you live up to well, what I you mean, can I, I like, I'm sure. Like, I feel like if you just searched my name, you, you'd find me on like every single channel. Please don't do that though, by the way. I mean, like everything lives on the internet. <laughs> you know, you know, your yeah. blog, it's like you can find it. Like if you're looking hard enough. So, I mean, I expect there's some sort of, research that goes into me but like also I I really am just such an open book so like judge me if you want I don't know maybe I just have like no shame <laughs> I like that I dig you 
So, um, yeah. So we collected a bunch of questions for you guys. We were like trying to brainstorm before about what you wanted to know, but I mean, you can kind of be a free for all, I guess, going more into dating. Yeah. Because of women. What we talked about this? some of Yeah. What so was, like, do number, like, who you expect to pay for the first date? Yeah. So I think I'm a progressive feminist. Let me just start with that. <laughs> but I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't expect him to pay. I'll do that, like, little thing where like, I'll reach out. Well, I don't have true intent to pay if he doesn't. But I think it just feels nice to be treated. I think at least for the first date, once we get a bit more serious, it can be like 50, yeah, 50, but totally. I think kind of, I don't like to play mind games, but yeah, if I offer to pay and he accepts the split, I'm like, honestly, it's like kind of turn off. Like I have money, but I want to be like growing up though in like Kansas, like and stuff like, or like being from like a state where, you know, it's more traditional usually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, I feel like I didn't really go on date dates. Like we would drive around in like the country roads and there wasn't really. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So it's more like, yeah, these days. Yeah. Which, okay. Well, from my experience dating these days, like I'm just, I'm, not, I'm a pretty traditional girl. I must say like, I am totally a feminist too, but like, I, I love it. Like just being treated, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, like, I guess also my parents have pretty stereotypical gender roles, so I'm like, my dad, my dad would pay for my mommy, so like, I don't know. You know? It's like, <laughs> you better pay, otherwise I'm going to talk shit about you to my mom. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think also, I'm not sure if it's, you're Japanese, right? You're culture yeah, Japanese? Half, uh, half Japanese, half Chinese. Cool. So I think just with Asian culture, too, I think there's kind of that, like, any, like, Asians know you, like, fight for the bill like crazy. Ooh, yes. I think oh. that family gathering, that is just kind of a cultural thing that you to try and treat the person this isn't just romantic it's like you're out with a friend yeah. and whatnot i think that's a pretty big right. just cultural thing yes i agree with that um, um, when um okay let's say you're getting serious let's say they pay for the first date they get past round one when you're getting more serious with a person and especially because we're into finances let's say you're dating someone katie what do you think about initiating a money conversation? So we had a few of you ask, at what point do you bring it up when you're dating someone? How do you bring it up? Katie, have you been in the situation yet? Or have you thought I mean, about it? I think I'm personally kind of an anomaly since I do have this like personal finance Instagram account. So, you know, like inevitably when you're on a first date, they're always like, what's your hobby? And I'm like, I hate that question. Money. <laughs> so like, I'm like, no, well, no. I was like, I'm always like, uh, so like, I'm, I am very much into personal finance and financial literacy and talking about money in a way that other people feel comfortable about talking about money. And so like, I, I like have these like very candid conversations on my Instagram. And most of the time guys are like, that's hot. That's cool. Like I'm totally yeah. down for that. Um, so I'm kind of like a unique case. But I will say, I think the best way to go about approaching, like talking about money with a partner is by having a conversation about like where you are. And instead of, I know somebody um, was, had mentioned like, oh, like asking them about their credit score, but it's like, hey, what well, gives you the right to ask them about 
their credit score when it's like, what's your, what's your deal? And I think approaching the money conversation coming from a place like, this is my situation. And so that they feel comfortable and open to talking about their situation. So, yeah. And I think even no matter whether you're in debt or things like that, like it's by being proactive talking about money um, and you can show them that you are getting towards this better place. So mm -hmm. I, I really think we should normalize talking about finances. That's obviously why I'm here. It's like what I live and I breathe. Like, so that's how I would approach it personally if I like didn't run an Instagram account on money, but yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah. think like? So I'm trying to think. So I've been dating my boyfriend for three years. Mm -hmm. I actually started dating him before I got super into finances. So we got together in 2017. I started getting fire and finance end of 2018. And you I actually, think that I, you went to a fire conference, right? Sorry. Yeah, I went to Camp Fi end of last year. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it was a bit different for me because I wasn't this before mm -hmm. but if I were to think about how it comes up I think the nice thing about money is it affects everything right yeah. so most likely you've had conversations with the other person about things that relate to money like your long-term goals if you like traveling your plans to have a family or advance your career these are all things that matter to money so I think a good segue to get into it is just asking them about life like what do you want to be not like in the five years scheme but like what's important to you in life what do you want to accomplish what are the things um like you know yeah, yeah aspirations yeah i like what you said about someone's direction because i think that's very telling of the resources that it'll take for them to get there yeah um somebody asked how was camp Fi? um it was awesome it's basically for people who don't know what camp Fi is um it's is just like a finance camp for people to go for to like for two to three days. Um, if you want, I'll post it on my stories, but they're still hosting it this year, safely distance, uh, socially distance, but super awesome to connect with other people in the community. Um, okay, so you talk about money. Let's say you're, actually, let me step back. You are super into finances. What are your expectations of your partner? Like, do they have to be super into money? Okay. I mean, they don't have to be super into money, but they need to be like good with money. I think that goes, yeah. I think everybody in this little community, like obviously wants a partner who's good with money and yeah. being like financially not on the same page, you know, like is a huge tension, like cause for divorce, everything. So it's like, yeah. if you can't even align when you're dating, like why wow, I just would be so scared to like, start a family with somebody who's not aligned so yeah they have to be financially literate so I think aligned is a good a good word because it doesn't mean you have to be exactly the same yeah, no they don't have to be like fire no. yeah so somebody asked I can't remember if we thought of this question or somebody else let's say you and your partner aligned because we're both like pretty traditional how do you feel about your partner making more money than you you making more money than them? Yeah. Um, I mean, I just know like my earning potential, while it's like totally unlimited right now, I just always am drawn to, okay, I swipe right on dudes that I know have a higher earning potential than me. <laughs> so that is like engineers, like I'm gonna be honest, I'm pretty, you have, 
you're kind of like absolutely being superficial. Yeah. And like when all you have is like a couple of lines of like bio data as anyone who watches a deep matchmaker, um, like that's all you have to go off of. So you're gonna mm -hmm. like pick your like ideal person who is like, oh yeah, they're an investment banker. They're an engineer. They're a computer scientist. Like, you know, like it's just like, I don't know. Like that's yeah, what I focus on. So I definitely think my partner would yeah, earn probably more than me. Yeah, I appreciate that about you, that you just say that is an important thing. Because I think a lot of, especially women, feel like we have to, you know, act like we're better people than we are. Like, oh, I don't care about that. You don't have to be tall. Like, I don't care how you look. So certain things that are just... You're lying. <laughs> you're saying one thing. Yeah. Like liars, you are telling the truth. Um, and I think this is also survival, right? When you think about the type of life that you want, you want someone who's at least at the same stage or on par with you. Yeah. Totally. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I maybe I'm biased because I, I think I had the same mindset when I was dating. I would think about the earning potential. And I think that goes beyond just career for me. It also goes to show what type of person they are, right? Do they seem driven? Are they okay being kind of complacent? I think that yeah, goes totally. To, yeah, you know. it's like, you don't, and I guess, yeah, you don't necessarily have to be anymore, but like just the drive and potential and the want is like sexy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Someone said they didn't like that their ex earned more because they thought his work ethic was terrible and she felt resentful about it. Mm. I'd be healthy too. I'd be like, yeah, if you didn't work hard and you were like out earning me, I don't think I would like, it sounds like neither of us would mind if our, you know, boyfriends made more. I think it would, it would feel nice to be in the same ballpark. Like, yeah. I feel like I can't volunteer like my boyfriend's salary information, but we're in kind of the same like lifestyle range. Yeah. Uh, and I think when I selfishly, like I have a certain standard of living that I want to do. I don't want to put pressure on anyone else to do stuff they can't afford. So I think mm -hmm. just for me yeah. and us having kind of the same life, I would prefer to be kind of just in the same place as someone. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I would just, I want to ask this question because I think this is so interesting and, and you have like this background with your blog and stuff, but like, why do you think money is harder to talk about than sex? Uh, I love this question. Uh, for people, Katie and I are looking at a shared doc where we plan this out. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to Google Doc together. Um, so some background before I jump in. Katie and I both um, loved talking about like dating, sex, love, before finance. She hosted a podcast yeah. with her friends talking about that stuff. On my um, Point Literature blog, I talk about like my personal like romantic and sex life. And I think money is harder to talk about than sex because there are a lot more complex emotions behind it. Mm -hmm. It not only affects every aspect of life, but it's more taboo because, because it's not glamorized in media. Mm -hmm. Having sex with someone, you just take all your clothes off and you fuck them. Money, there's shame tied to it. There's social standing tied to it whether or not you're accepted in a community, by your own family, friends. There's so much like loaded pressure that comes with money and your self-worth, which some of that like touches sex, but it's everything. Like your privilege, the opportunities that open up for you, 
just the way people immediately look at you, talking about like career, your net worth, the way people just perceive you off the bat, where again, they have to get naked and have sex with you to judge you for that. Whereas money is like on your sleeve, right? Yeah. I feel like for both of us, I like that we're open books. We talk about both of it because it's kind of taboo. But for me, I think because money is so complex, that's why it's easier to talk about like fun, you know, hooking up, sex, whatnot. Yeah. Do you think one or the other is easier to talk about? Um, no, yeah, love and dating is definitely easier to talk about. Like having hosted a podcast, it's like, something you really really naturally and i hosted this with like four there's four of us um for my so three girlfriends of mine and we were all single and dating and just like yeah. it's so natural it's such a natural conversation you bring up with your friends and i feel like although i do talk about money like not everybody not all of my friends are like 100 percent comfortable talking with me about money like their money yeah. situations are all different and like um yeah like i feel like sex is easier to uh, and love and dating is just easier like oh you know how big was he like what was it like what's the you know it was it's just easy but um yeah like it's just easier and more fun and you're right I think that is interesting that you said like through mainstream media like it totally normalizes those kind of conversations but like doesn't talk about like badass boss boss bitches like um nearly as much so uh yeah money is just like and even I feel uncomfortable, like, what's your salary? Like, how do you earn? Like, how much do you earn? Like, I, I, yeah. I do ask those questions, like, of my friends. <laughs> um, and they know at this point to, like, kind of expect that from me. But, yeah. like, yeah, it's just a lot harder and definitely makes people way more uncomfortable. Um, yeah, which mm -hmm. I think is a good segue into talking about prenups. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think when money and love are mixed, I think people tend to believe that love is stronger than money, which I don't think it is. Love is great. Uh, it's something that can't be bought, but when shit hits the fan, you're going to want to be protected. Now, I won't like speak for other people. I think what you decide for a prenup between you and your partner really? is as personal as it is deciding other aspects of your relationship. But I think for prenups, people tend to be very clouded because some arguments I've heard for the other side are, oh, well, if you want a prenup, that means you're not really dedicated to me or it means you're not serious. Yeah. Um, so I personally think the prenup, like the decision to have a prenup should be on the person who has more to lose because they're the ones making that sacrifice. If you're the one coming into the relationship with fewer assets, you, I don't think you have any right to tell the other person, hey, sacrifice all of your safety net for me. Otherwise, you don't love me. I think that's like manipulative as fuck. Um, but again, like that's me. If two people are aligned in that situation, they feel it's better to merge their finances, the person with more money and assets, they don't care. Like by all means, like no judgment for me. Those are just like my thoughts if I were to enter yeah. something. Like so would that. you um, like initiate a prenup between you and your partner if you were to like, have an I'm, not, I'm not like rich enough yet. <laughs> I think that the biggest thing is I wish, like, I hope one day I'll make so much money that I'll have to, like, hit, like throw a prenup at someone. But um, I think we're so split. And if I got married to my current boyfriend, I think we would continue to keep finances pretty split. I think we would have maybe a joint account for some expenses. But I think having that freedom to just spend your money however you want, like, you spend it on video games and our dog, and I'll spend it on, like, makeup and cookies. 
Um, I just like that level of freedom. Some people prefer to go all in. I think, again, it's their personal choice. What do you think about prenups? Especially if you're looking for a guy who's making more, like, would you, how would you feel if he okay, wanted to get a prenup? I literally don't care. Like, if he wants a prenup, like, yeah, let's hire some lawyers. Sure, I'll sign it. Just tell me what it is. Yeah. I really don't. I used to be like, no, never. Like, blah, I would never do that. Why? Yeah, that whole mentality of like, that means you don't love me. You think this might end. But like, now I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, that's what you, it, that doesn't say anything about like, I think what you're making in the marriage, correct me if I'm wrong, but like pre, prenuptials, like, yeah, like if you may have way more assets than me, like, sure. I, don't, I really don't care. Yeah. So let's say you get um, serious with someone, you get married. Would you expect to combine finances with them or you would? I like, do have the mentality that like, it's our, our money. Like we're working towards this collective life, this collective goal. Like, again, I kind of skew more traditional in that sense. Um, and yeah, like what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. And like, mm -hmm. we are building this life together and this family together right. and yeah, we're just the same team. We're, we're a team and this is a team effort, so. Yeah. Someone made the comment that getting a divorce without a prenup is usually a bigger mess. So from the perspective of legal fees, it's just better to get one. Um, I agree. That's logical. I think the tough thing is people are like, no, but we're like not going to get a divorce. I'm like, no one expects to get in a car crash. We still all buy insurance. So like, yes, yeah. be real. I think that's some wisdom. I think a really cynical view is when I think about um, protecting my money and I'm, let's say, on good terms with my boyfriend or we're in love, whatnot, I think about how would I feel if they betrayed me in the worst way possible? What if I like found out worst possible on me? Yeah. Are we still going to be super logical splitting our money? Is he still going to look out for me? Am I still going to look out for him? Probably so I think not at that point. Like, if you hated each other that much, you wanted to, like... Oh, hell yeah. I told my boyfriend if he ever did on me and we had our finances merge, I would like swindle as much money as I could from like, I'm like, fuck you. I wouldn't give a shit. Um, but yeah, I think it's hard to not be in the mindset that you are in currently. If things are going well, I have empathy for people who like, you know, it's not going to happen to me. Yeah. Not. Um, um, for those of you just joining the conversation, by the way, I'm Katie. This is Connie. And if you have a question below, just drop it in that like little question mark box and we'll like get to all the answers later. Yeah. Um, um, since starting your finance journey, do you think it's affected how you've dated, how you see people, or you feel like it's always kind of been the same in being more like long-term minded? Yeah, like I've always been me. I'm pretty like, this is what you get kind of person. So I don't think it's really affected me too much. Um, yeah, like I've always had those same priorities, same life priorities. Um, so yeah, dating has basically been the same. And you didn't start like this whole personal finance thing until after you were already in a relationship, right? Yeah. So. so I think just lifelong, I've always been kind of a natural saver. I've always valued money a lot, but I wasn't necessarily on a financial journey. And it was, I think, after that. I'm actually glad it happened after. I think I probably would have overthought it when I, you know, considered oh, what's your like credit score? What's your earning? I probably would have been too hyper-focused on like early retirement, even though my current boyfriend, he's good with money. He just doesn't have that same, oh, I got to get out of my day job as soon as possible mentality. Yeah. He doesn't have the urgency that I do. Really? Yeah. Sorry. Um, 
I'm like, I should have brought the bottle in, but I didn't want to get like, I'm so lightweight. I've always been lightweight. I was just more okay with blacking out in college than I am now. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to bring like the wine bottle in here. I'm just going to like pour some and then like see how it goes. Do you, uh, do you Asian glow? Not really. I mean, I, can you tell? I mean, sometimes I break out on hives, but like. I have blush I, on. I, haven't, I really haven't drank since quarantine like started basically. Really? I'm like living at home with my parents right now. I, t- I will lock the door. But like, I, yeah. So this is like really the most the excuse to dress up, the excuse to drink wine. So <laughs> thanks guys. So basically we're trying to get Katie as drunk as possible in this IG live. No, and right. she can tell her parents like, I'm trying to like, advance my ig career oh yeah it, it just yeah they, i don't know they, they think i'm really too open on on this but like yeah my my mom said the same thing she's like oh make sure when boys like ask you like oh people how many people have you kissed or been with make sure you like lower the number a little bit mm. i'm like no mom it's very like old-fashioned they're like nobody wants like people who have been with too many you know it's like not as good and i'm like I hate that. Such a double standard for girl, women and men. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, when it comes to, I guess, like marriage or like family expectations of being with someone, what are your thoughts? And then also your thoughts on oh. if you have a wedding, what? Great question from money on a mortgage, <laughs> money and a mortgage. Um, but like, that's so funny. Like my, I just want like, I, I will, I'm, I love a good party. I'm such an extrovert, like so social, just love throwing a legit party. Um, So I'm like not opposed to spending a ton of money, but I only want who I want there. And that means all the extended aunties and uncles, like I don't really want there. It's like, who are you? Like, but my parents are both of the mindset like weddings are for family like this like it's not about you it's about like the family and I'm like okay I'm 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 so single like I'm not gonna have this argument with you right now but like they really they were like we will pay for any person we want there so that's my family expectations for a marriage and a wedding um they're also open to me eloping randomly so I don't want that though because I love a party with all your family there you have to lope but all the aunties and uncles have to be there yeah they want all the like if it, it's like one or the other like elope or have everybody like 300 plus people so i'm like mm-hmm, no <laughs> yeah would you do a destination wedding or you want it like domestic i you know i used to like have like pinterest boards of my weddings and i slowly over the years stopped because i'm like oh, this is just it happens what happens but i think I think I'd want it like kind of local. I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't have a good answer to that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. What about you? So I've, I've never really been like wedding and family oriented. Um, when it comes to like growing up and what like girls think about or dream about, I think as I've gotten older and it's been more of the logistics of wedding planning and seeing girlfriends go through it. It seems super stressful. So I think sometimes people are confused. They think I'm an extrovert because sometimes I'll just be that. But I'm highly introverted and I hate hassle. So when I think about wedding planning, and I'm also a people pleaser. So thinking about narrowing down the list and potentially making someone feel bad because you can't invite like anxiety. five people. Yeah, it's just like my anxiety is so high. I just don't want anyone to feel bad. And then it also doesn't seem like I would be able to relax at my own wedding. So I think if I did have one, it would be pretty small. I wouldn't be opposed to eloping, 
Um, I don't think my parents really care if I have a big one or not. Um, I think it would be nice for like the aunties and uncles and whatnot, but I think no, no big pressure. Yeah. Totally. Um, I really want to get to this question. So I'll spare the, I'll spare the handle, but somebody slid into Katie's DMs and asked, what does it take to get a date with Katie? So I want you to answer it as, let's say you're looking at a profile, what it would take to get your attention. And then let's say pre-pandemic, if you were just on the street and you like saw a dude or he approached you, what it would take to get your number. Okay. Well, if somebody were to actually approach me, I don't know. That's always like such a turn off. Like I personally am like, I'm so outgoing. I don't want somebody equally as outgoing. Is that weird? Like, I don't know. But like, that makes perfect sense. Like, I just, if you had the balls to approach me, like, that's probably not the person I want to talk to. So I just don't, like, when I was like out at bars, I'm always like the, hey, what's up? How's your night going? Like, that's me. Um, And I, Just if somebody were to come approach me the same way, I'd be like, whoa, what do you want? Like, no, no, but like, um, and then swipe wise, I mean, see, again, this is all so superficial. Like I have to think like, oh, you're cute. Like you have a nice body. Um, you have a good career. You went to a good school. Like those, like your pictures seem normal. Like just such superficial things. That in reality, like, if I were to meet somebody more organically, like, I am much more open-minded and much more forgiving. It's just, like, when you have a hundred and, like, a thousand people at your fingertips, you're obviously going to, like, have to cut some people somewhere. Yeah. So, what does it take to get on a date? I don't know. Gotta be cute. (laughs) You need to stick around. Do not approach Katie. She will decline you immediately. I will find you. Well, actually, you can slide in my DMs. Like, come if anybody's open, like, come on in. <laughs> like, I mean, I wonder if you'll meet your future significant other through your DMs. They'll be like browsing like millennial money, honey, and then you'll find them. You're like, hey, have you heard about index ones? Oh, which by the way, if you guys didn't see, I was talking to that guy who also was into financial independence. And he asked me what my stock portfolio consisted of. Um, and that was, that was kind of sexy. <laughs> That's so, I'm the opposite. I think if a guy is too into finance, it's actually a huge turn off for me. I want you to be good with money, but I don't want you to have it as a hobby. Because I think it's like kind of my hobby. Um, Here's a very superficial thing about me. I like kind of a classic just like dude. Like if he likes football, if he plays video games, these are like super like dumb things. I think it's like super hot. If he so much as like touches a football, makes like this motion, I'm like, oh God. (laughs) (laughs) um i guess we've talked a decent amount on the finance stuff for dating what's like a trait either a physical trait or a quality that you think is super hot smart got like if i had to just choose one like like you gotta be like i don't think i'm that smart of a person so like you need to be like at least like i don't know at least smarter than you you're smart like at least as smart as me i don't know like it's just intelligence is really sexy. Um, yeah. It's like, and if I used to choose something superficial, a guy with glasses, like, that's like a, such a turn on. It's like a bookworm type. So what? A bookworm. Yeah, like, book- but book I, know, like I'm not like, I do like a jock too. I don't know. I want it all. 
This is yeah. Like, you, as you said, I'm too picky. <laughs> Um, somebody asked, um, how did I meet my partner? Um, so I think this is actually a pretty good lesson when people are like, uh, how do you like meet people? You meet people one of two ways. Either they are a stranger you have yet to meet, or there's someone you already know that you just have to meet again. So I hope no one thinks that I'm the same person I was in high school. That applies to everybody that you know. Like everyone's constantly changing and evolving. And most likely, if you like don't want to meet new people, the person that you're capable of being a good match with and compatible with is someone you already know, but you don't know that version of them now. Um, so for single people in the comments, keep an open mind, you know, reevaluate, go, go back to your um, little mental Rolodex of people, you know, who you could date. Um, but I actually met my boyfriend at my first recruiting job. Um, you guys know how I feel about my day job. Um, but we were actually acquaintances. We were trained by like the same senior recruiter. We sat like a cubicle away from each other. Um, thanks, Fry. Uh, we sat like a cubicle away from each other and we knew each other for like two years. We separately moved to, so we were in Boston then, mm -hmm. and we separately moved to Austin. And a few months later, we started dating. So we were legit just like coworkers, like distant acquaintances for, I think, close to three years before there was a spark. I think it was just like a mix of a lot of things. He was dating someone at the time. I was like hoeing around Boston. I think you just have, so much of it is not only the right person, but you have to be in the same mindset. I think I'm a lot more mature than he was like three years ago. Um, funny thing, at actually one of our first corporate like company parties, I think he has like a really boring exterior. I'll tell him that now to his face. Like when I, I think when I meet people, I think I'm pretty engaging. I try to be an extrovert because I think I'm really boring. I'm just my introverted self. And I remember just like going up to him. I had like some wine. And I was like, oh, Jason, you're so boring. And then I just walked off. And then he's just like, he's the type that's like very stoic. He's like, huh. Like he just didn't really react. So I think that's interesting. It's not always the whole, oh, it was like butterflies and there was a spark. Sometimes the person that you end up with will just be in a cubicle like a few feet away for years and you don't like really see them until both of you like are in that place. So I think it's a huge thing about like keeping an open mind. You never know who people will become. You know, never know like who you'll actually be compatible to if you like know them in a different way. Um, which I think someone's work self is pretty different from their like normal self. I don't know if like you do this for like your like work personality and then who like millennial money honey is. You think it's like, I mean, you're, no. <laughs> that must be refreshing. I feel like I'm a completely different person at work. Not like in a huge way, but I do feel like I have to hold back a lot. Yeah. Question, what for you is the, what's your favorite thing about your partner? Like what about him? Like you do you just like love? Yeah. I, I think what made me realize that this is someone I could be with long-term and my sister said the comment, check out the boring coworker. I think what I was telling um, her, because we have like a cousin who's single, sometimes we talk about just like this stuff. And like the person you end up with is one that you can stand being around for a really long time. So I think it's like not a huge like spark. It's kind of this like really steady acceptance of someone. And when we first started dating, it actually wasn't casual at all. We went on our first date. The next day we were both like, okay, maybe we should see each other again. And we just ended up seeing each other every single day. 
and we just jumped into it. Month two, I introduced him to my parents. Month three, we moved in together. Like, this was some crazy shit from someone Whoa. who didn't even believe in monogamy, like, three months ago. So I think what I love about him is we both, we both are moving in the same direction, but we very much have our own lives. Like, we support each other in our, like, respective things. Like, fine, you can go to the gulag while I work on, like, these spreadsheets for my finances. It's like we're very... I call it like a force multiplier, someone who in your life like increases where you're able to go and you do the same thing for them. So it's not just a partnership. This is like your rock, your support system, like, oof, gonna get emotional. Oh, that's so sweet. It's good stuff though. Yeah. Like somebody who just like has your back and like makes you a better person. Yeah. Sounds like. I think it's um, it's so like hard. Dating's hard because you can you can find the right person sometimes, and sometimes the timing just won't work out. Or like you got shit going on. Like maybe people are super tied up with work, or they just have stuff that doesn't make it perfect. And yeah. I just have like a lot of empathy for people who are looking for it but haven't yet found it for any reason. Yeah. And I hate it when people like take it out on themselves. They're like, oh, there's there must be something wrong with me or you know I must yeah. be doing something wrong and it's That's not the case it's never like I you always have to like be uh, somebody I think asked like what do you do when like they were afraid of going on dating apps and like afraid of being rejected but like honestly you have to know like it's never your fault like it's never you that's the issue like you are already like the best version of yourself that you can be and like you should yeah. blame that on like yourself it's like the other person it's the timing it's it's so many other things than like you being wrong like not right. right um and i think in that same vein especially for people who are job searching right now i think of dating a lot like recruiting it's super it's a super vulnerable process where you have to put yourself out there sign up for tons of rejection you're like timing is everything um so I just want people to not take it personally because so much like shit happens behind the curtain that sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't like sometimes the date or the interview will be positive but there are only like so many roles open there's only one girlfriend slot there's only one like engineer position open so you could honestly be an amazing person it's just that like the timing didn't work out yeah. this time totally so yeah keep your, keep your chins up um some of these other questions, I, I thought this was interesting, super flattering. Do you find it hard to date as a successful woman? I, I mean, what is success? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Like, I, I mean, I don't think, I think it's just as hard for anybody else. I don't know. Maybe that's naive of me to say, but like, I don't feel like I'm so successful that I'm not like, I'm like intimidating. So. It's pretty subjective, right? Yeah. Um, I remember like before I got into recruiting, I was working at Abercrombie and Fitch. It was my first full-time job out of college. And I just felt super defeated, right? Cause I went to like a pretty good school, a lot of engineers making six figures off the bat. And I just felt like I wasn't enough. Like I already in my mind made up what people thought of me when they swiped on me and I was working retail and I just like wasn't, I didn't really have stuff figured out. And it was very, um, I think we put a lot on ourselves about like what shows up on our profile when really it doesn't. 
like if you get to know the person, like what you said before, on like that's the hardest part to get through the swipe right. But once you see someone for like who they are, then there's a lot like you probably don't actually care about. Like the checklist is long, but mm -hmm. when you're with the person, like the date checklist isn't that long. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, some pretty good questions came in. So okay, successful women. Um, I thought this one was super vulnerable. So they said, I've never been in a relationship. I'm ready for one, but I'm scared to use the apps and be humiliated. So there's not really a question in there, but I'm curious as to just your thoughts or even your advice for someone who feels that way. I mean, I think we kind of touched on this. Like it's never you, like being rejected is like, you have to do it. I mean, I've rejected a lot of people too. So I guess it's like, being comfortable with yourself. Like, I, I don't know if you should, I mean, you should put yourself out there, but understand that like humiliation is just like a construct of like, hmm. mind. it's not it's yeah. really not you. And like understanding that rejection is, you know, just, it's just not meant to be. And like things will work out and the right person for you, if they're gonna feel, make you feel humiliated, they were never the right person you were gonna end up. Mm. Yes. So. That's good. Um, this one, I guess, is not specific to dating. Um, someone asked, my anger gets the best of me in relationships. It could be friends, family, you name it. How do you control it? So I have anger issues. I <laughs> bought, I know a lot of people like they like don't think it's serious. And my coworker, like I call it rage Connie when I just get people oh, working. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, it's just so much. I think I'm very calm and collected because it's very, um, I'm holding a lot in. Like I, I basically, I told my therapist, I'm just basically bottling up years of just anger and resentment. And I know that it's a problem. So I try and keep it in. I think something that has helped me is just thinking about how anger. So my therapist said, um, like, why do you, when you become angry, feel like you have to hurt someone? Or if you hear about, as of like 2020, when you hear about injustices, why do you feel like you have to get them? And it's a power dynamic. You want to regain control over this person. I'm not sure if you heard that story about like the racist, like tech CEO on the West Coast who like, berated an Asian family out. Yes, I thought so it was, yeah. You know, me, a recruiter, I'm gonna find you online. I like slid into his Facebook messages and was like, fuck you, fucking race. I was not proud. But basically, people act like that to regain power over someone, to like incite, you know, they're like a vigilante, they want to see justice. So when you think about, is that worth turning yourself into the type of person who needs to do that? Because when my therapist dropped this bomb, they're like, when you do that, you become just as bad as them. For whatever bad thing they did, when you act on your anger, you're no better than them. And I'm like, shit, that person sucks. I don't want to be them. So totally. it's something I'm actively working on. Anger gets like the best of me. It's very hard for me to like calm down. But I think that's something my therapist said that really has helped me. Which, by the way, too, not only should we normalize, like, sex and dating and money, but we should also normalize therapy. Yes. The way. Because. Therapy awesome. Everybody go to therapy. Um, if only for your own, like, just unloading. I think that's a thing. If you don't want to unload on friends, just the feeling that someone yeah. objective is there. Yeah, totally. Right. 
so we have like 11-ish minutes yet left. Um, so here, I just want to get to some of the questions we got. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to turn on the light. Sorry, I'm wearing like gym shorts. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Go for it. Okay. Okay. This one is, what's your favorite dating app? My favorite dating app is Bumble, which is like woman empowerment and just like awesome. And I feel like it has the most, uh, the biggest pool. So I feel like it's easier to just meet people. And I, you know, I'm all for like asking men out, you know, I'm, you know, hey, what's up? How's it going? So I like Bumble. Um, yeah. did you, were, you, were you even on the apps at all or? Yeah, so, um... Was it okay, Cupid? Mm -hmm. Suck. Um, I liked Bumble because I also like initiating. So for those who don't know Bumble, the is it still the woman has to message first? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. I like that. It's a bit more of like a quality filter. And then um, when I was on apps, I always use a different pickup line. I never use the same one. I would like look at theirs and I would try and personalize it. Maybe it's like the recruiter in me. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna personalize reach out, but. I would always try and be like creative with it. So that was oh fun. Oh my gosh, go you. I am so lame. I'm all, I just copy and paste. <laughs> Will, you tell us your go -to? <laughs> Will you tell us your go-to opener? You don't have to if you want to. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, no, it's like, uh, what are three emojis you would use to describe yourself? I know it's not very creative, but like, then I like, and then I like make up stories based on like the three emojis they give me back. Like, Oh, you're like a, a farmer who likes to, I don't know, like ski. I, I don't know. It's like easy to make stories and like have funny commentary based on the emojis they draw. That's clever. I like that. Also, I didn't know you could do like Q&A. Like this is a formal like Q&A that people oh, submit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. good thing you're here. <laughs> um, okay. Do you date Asian guys? Connie, go take it away. Um, so interesting. I grew up in Kansas, right? So it was all white dudes. Um, I, I, I did that really cringy thing, you know, and some people are like, oh, I don't date white girls. I don't date Asian guys. I went to college and this is my first time being around Asian dudes who I was not related to. And there's this guy who was interested in me. So I joined an Asian sorority. Mm -hmm. so I was around a lot of just Asian people because I hadn't my whole life. And I just really wanted that sense of belonging. He was interested in me and I told him, oh, I'm not really into Asian guys. And I ended up like going after like the one white dude and like the Asian frat. Um, but obviously I, my boyfriend is Asian. Um, I think where that stemmed from is more of a cultural identity. Just like I've never been with someone who like ate the same foods as me growing up. It was just like pretty difficult, like going through like puberty and high school and just having to explain like, oh, please take off your shoes. I don't know, just like small stuff. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm open to dating. I would say my dating like history is pretty diverse or hookup history. I haven't dated that many people, but yeah, I'm open-minded. What about you? Yeah, so similar experience. Like I grew up in Texas um, and there, I was literally the only Asian in my entire class. So obviously I only dated mm -hmm. white dudes and going yeah. to college in California with the amount of Asian people at college like I, it was a shock honestly I was like what yeah. like there are people like me what um, <laughs> but uh I would say that I have only seriously dated white dudes but I am open-minded to dating Asian dudes and I've liked Asian dudes they just haven't liked me back so <laughs> that's yeah but yes we both would date Asian guys 
Go Asian representation. Uh, okay. This is, how do you compromise on money things if you and your partner have different mindsets? Mm, that's a good question. Do you wanna? That's a good question. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even have a partner to like, have a different mindset on. Mm, um, so. <laughs> Angie, I think that's why I would want to not combine all of our finances. Cause that way, if my boyfriend wants to buy something and I don't agree with it, it's not my problem. Cause it's not my money he's spending. Like um, in decorating. Right, right. You, that way you just have your freedom. It's like do what you like and you don't have to check in with someone. I think that would be like my only reason for keeping finances separate. That way you can like manage your own money and your own goals. Like if I want to retire early, I don't have to then get mad at you for buying like another toy for Teddy because it doesn't affect me like you do your I think I love the independence factor yeah. it's like you're with someone but you live your life I'll live mine like yeah. the nagging and controlling we we're like talking about we like that we just do our own thing so yeah. let's say just have separate money things and you don't have to care about what they do with their money I'll let you guys know <laughs> report back um okay there's one more uh two more um okay my boyfriend feels a lot of societal pressure. He works in, I'm going to butcher this, like, Gangnam style. <laughs> um, to show off, so he spends his money on luxury watches, and it bugs me. Hmm. I want to know your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I... I'm like judging. I hate, I hate to say this. <laughs> like, I mean, things like that are just so superficial. And I definitely come from a place where like, I used to care a lot about like how I looked, what I wore, the things like the status symbols, like keeping up with the Joneses. So I get mm -hmm. that. Um, and like, especially in a culture like Korean culture, I know it's like super important that like, you know, there's a lot of pressure to to assimilate and appear like the same as everybody else. So, I mean, I don't really have an answer other than like, I mean, maybe it's like, as long as you budget for it, like, I guess like it's okay to be spending on luxury items. Like you shouldn't feel ashamed about dropping like, I don't know, three grand on, on like doing whatever makes you happy. You just really have to analyze like whether that purchase is making you happy and like really improving your quality of life. So. Yeah, I think that's super fair. My initial thing kind of rereading through it is I would ask yourself why it bothers you. It seems like from the question, he has a lot of societal pressure to show off. So maybe it's not actually about the watch or if it's luxury or how much he spent on it. Maybe it's the feeling that you're dating someone who feels the need for outside validation from maybe people you don't respect. So in these circles of wherever he works, it's like, these aren't the type of people I want to be hanging around. So the fact that you care so much about what they think rubs me the wrong way. So maybe it's not actually about money. I'm very much in the same mindset as you, Katie. Like if someone earned their money, spend it however you want. But if something's kind of bothering you, which is another thing I love about money, it's like, there's usually something else. Very little things in life are strictly about money. It's usually about the values and the lifestyle and the stuff that's tied around money. Yeah. So I think just kind of doing some reflection of why does that bother you? If it were a cheap watch, 
And he did the same thing. Would it still bother you if it was a luxury, something else would bother you? And just kind of changing the factors to see, like, or like it is. Why is it pissing me off, yeah? Connie, dropping this. <laughs> um, okay, this is probably the last question we're going to get to um, since we have three minutes left. Any plans to buy a house home? What would your dream home look like? I have ranted kind of about this on my stories very recently before, um, but yes, I do plan to buy a house slash home in California, but like it will not be like a financial investment at all. Like my situation that I'm currently in, like my rent is below market value and I am living with my parents now. So obviously like I, I they are graciously letting me stay here rent free. So like a mortgage obviously is like going to be less of an investment than me investing just in the stock market and continuing to live like under these circumstances. I will not live at Meneer's home forever, but um, my dream home will be in either Southern California, LA or Northern California. And I do want to buy a house eventually, surely for lifestyle purposes. Yeah, I'm gonna come visit you. Yes. Um, my boyfriend and I, we actually bought this house together. We moved in like March. Um, I think I love what you and um, Blonde, Broke, and Bougie have posted about like renting versus home buying. Um, I think kind of something annoying in the finance community is when people say like, you should, you know, do this, buy index funds, you should own a home, you shouldn't be throwing away money at rent, like do what works for you. And not everyone's in the same situation. One is not objectively better than the rest. It's like everyone has a very different scenario that they're dealing with. So way to be the voice of defiance for all the buy a home people. Yes. Um, cool. um, yeah. It's gonna keep this out at one hour, right? Dude, yeah, that was an hour. I didn't think it would last oh long, long, and we still didn't answer yeah. much. I didn't even, I'm so weak, I didn't even finish this. Uh, this was fun. I'd be down to do this again. We actually didn't even get through all the questions. Yeah, no, you guys were so a lot of questions, you guys. Like, I'm sorry um, if we didn't answer your question. Um, we have to do this again. So, yeah. Do you have any down. last words? Like... I guess last words is, um, I love this. Um, everyone who tuned in, thank you so much. Um, if you're here for me, definitely give Millennial Money Honey Katie um, a follow. Um, I think just like being open, it's very hard to find people who are open to talking about both sex and money. So like Katie was like a jackpot for me. I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, but just, uh, you know, check out. What about you? So send us off. Yeah, no, guys, thank you again so much. Like we appreciate all your questions and like this was literally so fun and I'm kind of feeling tipsy, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh no, I think it's cutting us off. All right. Oh. All right. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Millennial Money Honey. If you like this episode and want to hear more like it, be sure to subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast and let's retire early together.